This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is the couple's corner edition, and I'm Nicole Hartman with my husband Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> okay, so today, um, or the other day, I guess I would have posted something about how all children need nature, to which I kind of elaborated on the idea of when kids are outside or when anybody is outside, it's very regulating to our nervous systems. And oftentimes when we have kids that are seen as troublemakers, when they go outside, they are not. They're often seen as leaders. And so we thought it would be a really cool conversation to have today because Jeff and I have a unique perspective of teaching in the public school system. Specifically, both of us were, were physical education teachers. I taught elementary school and he taught middle school for 16 years. And um, most people think middle schoolers are really tough. But I think you just have to have the personality for it. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not for everyone. We'll put it that way. Definitely not for everyone. Okay. So when you had students, when obviously we had students, we definitely had a unique perspective because of physical education and that it brought forth movement. Would you agree? And so then you didn't have the behavior problems that most classes would have. Yeah, I mean, you'd go to these meetings and all these other classroom teachers would be talking about students that they're struggling with that are being behavior problems in class. And they'd say, well, who else has X student, Y student, Z student, whatever. And I would raise my hand and they'd say, okay, Mr. Hartman, do you have any issues with this student? No, they're fine for me. And so people would look and say, like, well, what are you doing differently? And I said, sometimes it's not what I'm doing, it's what I'm teaching. And it's what they're able to do and what they're not able to do in your classroom. And in, in other words, you're saying you're allowed to have freedom in my classroom as long as you don't abuse it. You're able to move in my classroom and you're able to interact with students freely. Like PE is one of the few classes where you can actually socialize. It's part of the curriculum. It's part of the the way that you're supposed to structure things, supposed to structure things. So uh, it's different. And most students that are behavior problems in the classroom tend to not be behavior problems in the physical education area, realm, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I can remember getting, you know, the forms to fill out for ADHD and all that kind of stuff. And it would, it would ask those questions, you know, of like, oh, is a student uh, immature acting? And, you know, I'm filling this out for like, 
first graders, second graders. And you're like, well, no, not in my class. They're not, you know, and so I think the same definitely holds true for you. And then something you also said too, not to kind of get off subject, but the idea that you are giving boundaries, which is always very important because you're a fun guy. And, um, <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> uh, we just made our kids go upstairs, um, uh, which they weren't Anyways, happy about yeah. anyway. Um, but I think that you had a really nice approach and I often learn from you because I know sometimes I would get very upset with students, especially early in my teaching career. And, uh, you would essentially look at me and say, Nicole, they're eight years old. They, uh, yeah, they shouldn't be taking your attention like that. No. And <laughs> there's a million different ways. I mean, this is talking about youth in general, so it doesn't matter if it's not a, it's not a school setting. That's okay. If it's someone at home or someone in the neighborhood, whatever. And young people, you know, and, and this has happened forever. And people always say kids these days, you know, that's a common saying and kids these days aren't that much different. They just have accessibility to different things. And one of the things they love to do is to push the buttons of adults. That's just how they function. I think they've been doing that forever. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's not a new thing. Yeah. And so at some point you have to recognize who is the adult, who is the adult and who's the 10 year old that you, who go, okay, so w which role am I playing in this? You know, I mean, my, I've told this story to you and many people many million times, like there was a, a sixth grader, my third year teaching that I almost probably would have, I would have lost my job. I wanted to punch him in the face. And <laughs> you I tenured, you would have been fine. That's true. Yeah. Administratively. But anyways, <laughs> uh, it still would have gotten in trouble. We'll put it that way. But nonetheless, this young man, and not even a young man, this kid, this 10 year old boy was pushing my buttons to the point where I was really close to physically doing something to him that probably would have harmed him. And here's the thing. Who was the adult there? It was me. And so that really taught me a lot when I kind of removed myself from the situation and said, I'm never going to let a 10, 11, 12, 13, sometimes 14 year old so any any way, shape, or form ruin my day, change my mental outlook on things. It's just not worth it. And so this was when an administrator that I had early on in my career, they always said, Q-tip, quit taking it personal. Ooh, and so I I, I, I remember when I heard that, I was like, that's that is true. Like if you don't take it personal, then and that that's when you dive into the realm of they're dealing with other stuff. And oh. so sometimes they're the way they're dealing with stuff. You may think it's a personal attack when it might just be a cry for attention. It might be their way of crying for help, or maybe it speaks more to the way that you respond and what's going on in your life. You know, maybe you're having a rough go of it and they don't know that. And it's, it's, there's just so many different variables in this equation. And then there's no right or wrong answer. We can sit here and say the PE teachers have it easier because kids like our class. Well, there's kids that hate our class. Oh, yeah. And there's kids that would do anything to get out of our class. Absolutely. And so, while this is maybe the good, the true, I guess, if you want to put it that way, maybe this is true for the majority. It's not necessarily true for all. I agree with that. That's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just, I think it, how we respond and this is kind of a little off topic, but how we respond speaks more to us as, a, as, as adult maturity than it does anything else because we know how to properly respond. Should. We should. Yeah. Yeah, I don't need to constantly yell at kids to get their attention and as long as they know their boundaries. But well, that's a big thing. Yeah. 
No. Setting I mean, boundaries. Setting boundaries. Yeah. And it's not like they have to be these like crazy harsh boundaries and no to everything. It's, well, I know when I can mess around and I know when I can't. I know what I can touch and I know what I can't touch. It's just easy that, that you, it's you, easier that way. If you set those boundaries, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Those, those young adults in your life will follow suit. So people would say, oh, you know, Jeff, it's so easy for you. It, these meetings that we'd have with other teachers, so easy for you. You're not in the classroom. What about when I taught health for an entire term? Yeah. And I had him in the classroom and we're learning about the male and female reproductive <laughs> systems. And guess what? No issues, like none. Yeah. And so it doesn't, it's not about the fact that I was in the classroom is the fact that I was teaching the class and those students knew that no matter where I was, classroom, gymnasium, outside field, basketball court, doesn't matter. There are certain expectations. And if you don't meet those expectations, we're going to have problems. And so they, they knew where they could go and they knew not to go over that line. They would tow that line. And so that's really tough for a lot of people, even as for parents, uh, you do have to set those boundaries. You do have to make sure that you stick to those boundaries and, and make sure that the, the, the young adults of your children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, whatever, they have to understand what those boundaries are. And you have to keep that line. Like that's tow that make them tow the line. That's important. Yeah, I agree. It's not that I feel like we're here to be like dictators or to nag them about everything. No, um, we're not mean. No, no, no. I know like that. Setting I just, boundaries. I, like that's the thing. Like some people are like, oh, you no, have to throw me. Right. Like I'm not mean. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I taught a fun class. Like but yeah. we have fun, but we're going to have fun when you can do the little things right. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and that's very much the way that we parent as well. Not right. that this is a parenting podcast, but this, that's very much the way that we parent. And I would say most of the time we are fun you know, except when we're learning to count money or, uh, you know, time on the clock. But most of the time we're yes people. Um, but yeah, I, I think our kids know the line. Um, I wouldn't say any of our kids are troublemakers. No. I mean, some are just a little more kind of. They're feeling, they're, they're feeling yeah. their way through yeah. their specific yeah. age age range. And I, I think that's one of the biggest things is that with children, like we can't expect them to be like little machines and to not have their own thoughts. Like we have to respect the idea that they have their own thoughts and they should be able to have their own thoughts. And I'm not here to, you know, we're not here to necessarily make them do all of these things. Like they have to experience life too. And I feel like we always are in defense of kids in school. It's tough. It's a tough situation. Yeah. Be because, in, you know, our kids have the opportunity to be homeschooled. So they are a little different might even seem, I guess, odd to some people because they don't have devices. You know, they actually enjoy going outside and playing, but I know you've defended kids in public school many times because they are dealing with a lot. Yeah. And so, this is something that a lot of times, whether you're talking about politicians or people in a leadership role, even people within the school system at a leadership role that implement some of these decisions and these overarching concepts that they think on paper sound really great. When was the last time they drove into a downtown area and saw where some of these kids were living? You know, where was the last when was the last time they met kids that only have three outfits that they just rotate because they don't have access to more clothing or they the only hot meals they're going to receive right. are, are going school. to be at school. Yeah. So people love to bash on young kids. Like it's, Aww, it's like it's, it's a horrible. it's a national pastime to hear older adults say the kids these days are disrespectful and all this stuff. But the, the one thing that they'll never know is they'll never know what these kids are going through. 
Everyone just expects kids to have this great upbringing and everything is honky dory all the time. Mom and dad are home and they both love me. A lot of these kids, there's no mom or dad. And if there is, sometimes they're never home. And a lot of times they have to raise siblings or other family members. That's the thing that people don't understand about public school. These kids, when they say, when they talk about like, um, lesser than, so, so to speak, like, these kids are are living that daily and then they go to school and sometimes what you see in terms of acting out is literally them saying, I hate my life. Yeah. Or I, I need help. I and need this help. is how yeah. I'm going to go about doing exactly. it. Exactly. So to I cry for help. It, right. So I think that kind of comes full circle with the original thought of, uh, you know, are they troublemakers or are they leaders? And I think you could really see that in in the movement realm, and you can definitely see that when kids get back out in nature. And so I I was able to see that. Man, you probably were too, because you went outside a lot. Mm-hmm. And so it is amazing. Like if we could have the shift in, you know, not saying that you know legally they have to have you know seventy minutes of language arts, they have to have ninety minutes of math a day, or you know whatever the governmental expectation is of these things. If nature worked its way into it, what change would we see in the mental health, in the nervousness, the anxiety, like you know the the troubled behaviors and all of that kind of stuff? You know what would suspension rates look like? What would referral rates look like if time was allowed to be purposely outside. Yeah. And, and they would never do it because of, oh my gosh, the test scores. <laughs> yeah. The test scores. <laughs> yet. What do we know about our young adults and our students is that test scores are going rapidly down. Oh, They're yeah. not improving. So let's just keep saying that we need more reading. We need more math. We need more writing. It's clearly not working. Yeah. And it would, it would take someone that is an extreme outside the box thinker to say, you know what, maybe we don't need more reading and writing. Maybe what we need more of is more free play, more outside time, more time for students to be kids and not little machines that go from one thing to the next and have to be robotic in their movement and give them that freedom that a lot of times so many of those young kids crave. Oh, I think and yet are denied it every single day. There's no easy fix, but I can tell you right now, as someone that lived in the school system for 16 years, it's not working. What they're doing is not not working. working. Yeah, it's not. I mean, you're just creating like rote memorization type thing. That's all you're doing, but you're never creating like the uh, freedom mindset to want to learn how to take care of myself, to um, make these things applicable to my everyday life. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's that, yeah, we talk a lot about freedom, freedom versus license, you know, like that, that idea of like, I can do what I want. I am responsible for myself until I start to negatively impact somebody else. Um, and yeah, this school system isn't set up for that kind of stuff. Well, if we're going down the rabbit hole of the school system, we've said this a million times. Here he goes. No, no. (laughs) we, we've said this a million times. And the fact that, I don't blame them. No, they never. are they are in a lose lose situation because every single student that goes through the public education system should have an IEP. An IEP is an individualized education plan. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that every child has a disability because that's who has that's who have IEPs now. Right, it's that every student learns differently. 
Oh my god! So gosh. for every student that's like, I'd love to be moving. I'd love to be outside. There yeah. are also students that say, you know what? I actually prefer to sit. I like yeah. to listen to lectures. I like to read. Yeah. I like to learn that way. Everyone's different learners. I am not an auditory learner. I am a, I, I am a visual and I am a doing learner. I think yeah. it's a kinesthetic learner. I want to do it. I want to put my hands. If it's something that's physical, I want to be able to do it on my own. If it is something that I, I need to see it. So if someone reads something to me, you might as well be talking to the wall. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> hey, listen to this. Well, we already know me... he's not. <laughs> <laughs> but that's who I am. And so for. I know that. Yeah. So it's for the education <laughs> system when you're talking about it. Yeah, you bad. We all bash it. But they also are in a really lose-lose situation because there's no way that it's feasible that they could actually give every student what they need. And that's that's sad. And that's scary. Oh, I agree with you. And I, I, I want to say that it was set up to help. You know, I mean, I know why schools and stuff were set up. You know, that's a whole, you know, little rabbit hole that you could go down. But at the same time, um, there are still amazing teachers mm -hmm. that are trying really hard. Uh, and, and until you experience it and see some of these uh, impoverished kids, you understand why the meal system is set up. I understand that like big you know, big milk and big, you know, I don't know, beef, all the nasty, yeah. like processed food stuff has worked its way in, unfortunately. But until you experience it and see the conditions that some students are living in, you know that they're not eating when they're not at school. Um, school is a safe place for many people. Mm -hmm. So again, it's that lose-lose situation. Well, think yeah. of it, think about from the quantum realm, what would be ideal? Ideally, they're seeing the sunrise, they're outside, oh, yeah. they're grounding, they're eating foods that are appropriate mm -hmm. for their area and for their season. They are moving freely. And so now let's take all that that I just said, and now let's look at what the students actually go through. They are not able to wake up with the sun. They have to no. be up at a certain time, no matter yeah. what. I understand why, but that's just the case that they're in. They never see outside. So let's talk about right now. We're in November moving into December. So it's colder. They're under fluorescent lights and blue light, but from Chromebooks or cell phones or yeah. devices all day. And they might get 15 minutes of time outside, in which case zero of it is probably doing anything with nature. Like they're not touching the grass. Oh. They're not touching trees or bushes or anything. They're on pavement playing games, which is better than nothing. Better than I, nothing, yeah. We're in a swing okay, set, so at least moving, hopefully. Even the food that I the know. kids bring into the school system. So even the kids that are fortunate enough that their parents or guardians will give them food to, for their day, you're talking about highly processed food. You're talking about crappy bread. You're talking about stuff with, with a million different preservatives. So everything that the quantum realm and, and that circadian mm -hmm. life supports and says this is the best way to have the best the life opposite. they are doing the complete opposite <laughs> i mean think about that right and so as a result then you are seeing behaviors probably more than let's say what we even would have 10 15 20 especially maybe mm -hmm. you, you could go back 50 years ago so yeah it's it's not good no it's not good mentally physically emotionally or spiritually for these children and so I think if anything in a way to possibly end this would be to give them some space, give them some grace, you know, and possibly thinking if my child is in the school system or if um, because I understand too, homeschooling isn't for everybody. And if I have a relative like that, what can I be doing to get them out 
And so one of the greatest things I think that we ever did was we did 60 days of walking. Yeah. And that is what totally catapulted us into this different space of I'm going to choose to live in a more outdoor based lifestyle than to be inside. And I think that it's been for the better. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know it's been for the better. Yeah. So I don't know. We just, I feel bad for kids. Well, if I were to give a tip to anyone that's dealing with a young adult, young kid, and they're struggling with that, let's say you're a teacher, or let's say you're a daycare provider, it doesn't matter. Talk to the kid. Mm, that's Don't a good yell one. at the kid. Yeah. Talk to the kid. We had one of these conversations with one of our daughters today. We did. She was struggling in school. She shut down. We were sitting at, we were just the three of us sitting at the lunch table. And I said, you know, what was going on? Like, you, and we talked about it and she told us how she was getting frustrated. They don't want to be yelled at as much no. as you shouldn't want to yell at them. So yeah. having a communication with people, I find that young adults, if they know that you care, they're going to be a million times more receptive and they're going to listen and they're going to say, wow, Mr. Hartman's not out to get me. He's actually out to help me. Yeah, He's not trying to pick yeah. and choose what I do things wrong. He wants, he wants the best for me. And so I think that adults, us, anyone that's a full grown adult, take it easy on the kids once in a while. And, uh, realize that some of them are going through some serious crap right now. Yeah. Yeah. Don't take yourself too seriously. I think that really helps too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I was taught middle school for 16 years. (laughs) Be brutally honest. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, I think honesty is a, is a beautiful thing, you know, if they're ready for it, but we can't always just beat around the bush. Someone's got to tell them eventually. Yeah. Like if they have a bad haircut, you tell them, Hey, looks like you got into a fight with a weed whacker. Someone's got to tell them that. that. You're right. I actually did that. I know you did. I know that. (laughs) I mean, I used to tell kids, like, especially, you got to change your socks. Um, You have to cut your fingernails. Um, You know, we got to brush our teeth sometimes. I'm going to joke with the kids. They're funny. Yeah. Again, don't take yourself so seriously. And humor goes a long way. It does. (laughs) If they can understand it. Sarcasm is tough on those that don't understand it. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> it's, it's your gift year round. <laughs> so, all right, everyone. Thanks for listening and just go outside. See you next week. Yay. <laughs> <laughs>